You are Locked On Jaguars, your daily Jacksonville Jaguars podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the post-July 4th Independence Day podcast, uh, Locked On Jaguars. I am Tony Wiggins along with my man Philip Pruse, and uh, I guess you all have a belly full of barbecue. I know I do. Uh, my eyes and my head is still banging from all the fireworks. I live right here on the river of St. John's River. All the fireworks and people setting them off. I don't even know if it was... Uh, I, I really, really do believe that uh, everywhere we went, I was at my son's house uh, out in the Orange Park area, and I think fireworks were going off all weekend, man. It was a tremendous, tremendous weekend. Phil, did you have a good time? Yeah, you know it. Um, I didn't eat as much because I'm trying to. I'm trying to look good. You know, my wife. My wife's coming home from Honduras in two weeks, so I'm. I got a lot of pressure on me man, right you're now. But you, you're a buck sixty wet, man. What are you talking about, bro? I'm. I'm. I'm the. I'm the. I'm the resident fat guy. This podcast. Don't be trying to steal. Steal my stuff, man. Hey, here's a, here's a pre, here's a premature question for fan friday for me what's it feel like to be 50 um it well when you come from where i come from it feels good to say that you made it uh it feels good to see my grown children doing well uh, early this week my daughter uh, over in germany was uh, promoted to sergeant after four years in the army both of my sons are doing well i have another daughter who is basically a celebrity hairstylist uh, and then my other son who lives not too far from us uh, came over. And I don't see him much because he works so much, but he came over, my 28-year-old, he came over and really fellowship with the family. Uh, so, you know, when you have a chance to look around and reflect, it it, uh, it feels good, man. You don't feel sorry for yourself. You don't think you're getting old. You kind of look around and, you know, I got my wife and my beautiful dog and and uh, we, my wife and I, we kind of look around at it and we say, um, you know what, we did okay. That's that. That's really when you see, when you see our kids, uh, and they're all doing well. They're all smiling. They're pretty much happy with their own lives, and uh, that's all you can ask for, man. So, really, it, it's it's more reflective. It's more reflective of all of the people that took time to pour uh, any time in, into me and invest into me. You know, from family to football coaches to my time in the service uh, to learning radio through. Uh, Guys like Chad Scott, who taught me everything about radio, and Frank Franchi. So um, it's just reflective. It's, it's reflective. I'm just, you know, the fact that I'm in a position to sit here and, and do a podcast and have thousands of people download every one of them each week. It's really, really fun. And we shouted out people, too, on Twitter, man, on social media, because you dropped a podcast, and, and, and I did an exercise. I looked. I looked, and I said, okay, it's been 45 minutes. Let me see. And that thing was already pumping close to a thousand hits and i was just like blown away because that's why we do this we do this for good content we do this for uh the jaguar fans and uh i look forward to getting on getting on this headset and i look forward to talking talking ball it's going to get even better doing training camp because we're going to have so many other things that we can discuss with people and we're going to be able to tell folks every day what's going on and how people look uh so yeah man i appreciate you asking me that and thank you very much yeah, man, that's a beautiful thing. And look, man, it's already that much popularity and traction, and we're in the dead season. You know, imagine not only training camp, imagine what September, October is going to look like 
You know, when we're lamenting the Jaguars' win or losses or celebrating their wins, you know, come come season. So it's going to be a fun ride, that's for sure. Yeah, it is going to be fun. All right, let's get to some of these questions with Fan Friday. I actually got one in my DMs on Instagram, and uh, I didn't see it last week, and I apologize to my man, Vargas underscore AF. Um, he had a question. Um he said, what are the outside chances or what are the chances that Quincy Williams starts? And if so, do we think it's possible that he has a wildly unexpected rookie year? And then he mentioned this, he goes, kind of like Darius Leonard. And I was like, I love the question until that last part came up because you basically just named the guy that should have been, even if he wasn't first team all pro, uh, Darius Leonard. Some people even thought he had a chance to be a candidate for defensive rookie of the year. Uh, the outside linebacker up with uh, Indy. I got a little buddy that plays on Indy's team, too, that tells me Darius Leonard is a dog. And when I say dog, I mean it in a good way, that the guy is an animal. Uh, from what I've heard about Quincy Williams, he has some of the same characteristics, though, that he really is a thumper, that he runs like the wind, that he gets after. When I saw him in, in, in OTAs, Darius Leonard didn't come to mind. Uh, Telvin Smith didn't come to mind. When I saw him in OTAs, this might date me a little bit. Dexter Coakley and London Fletcher came to mind. Dexter Coakley? I haven't heard that name in a long yeah, time. Yeah, played a long time in the league, but was really, really a sideline to sideline player. Also, both of those guys I just mentioned came from small schools. So that's what he sort of reminded me of, even though London Fletcher was a Mike linebacker. It's still the suddenness that, that he plays with, and he's, and, he's, and he's small. He's not light, but he is short. That's what comes to mind when I think of him. Do I think he can start? Sure, I think he can. You know, if he, he, he if he has the acumen to catch up to everything that they're trying to, to get him to do, or if they don't do what I call, it's a term I think it's called plate glassing, which is kind of like stereotyping, but not really. But they just, they're just they just hell-bent on making him a special teams warrior and bringing him along slowly. Um I don't think the Jaguars' defense is that complex from a linebacker perspective unless you're playing in, uh, at the Mike position and in somewhat the Sam position. I think I think weak side linebacker, you kind of recognize stuff, you use your instincts, and you just flow to the ball and you hit people. Uh, I may be wrong about that. I think he can start, even if he doesn't start the season, I think he can start at some point during the year. Um, but for the most part, I wouldn't say that he's going to be the next Darius Leonard because that just doesn't happen very often. Yeah, here's a name for you. How about Sam Mills? Sam Mills That's, was like five foot ten as well, and he was out there mm-hmm. popping dudes in the mouth um, for Carolina and New Orleans. So, eighty-seven speed rating on Madden. Did you know that, Wig? I just. They just dropped some of the Madden ratings this week, and that's uh, tre- that's tremendous for. That's fast. That's- yeah, that's super fast for a linebacker. I'm all in on Mr. Big Hit. That's his nickname. That's what he wants to go by. He, he told me okay. that walking off the field, and I like that. So I'm all in on the Mr. Big Hit bandwagon. Um, I look. If I was a betting man, I would say I would I would bet that he does become the starter this season. Um, that's where I would put my money on uh, Darius Leonard. I would not put my money on that. However, for for a guy that I had no clue who he was. And, you know, you know me, Wig, I go like 800, 900 deep, you know, doing these scouting reports for, especially for some of the XFL stuff. I 
cannot be more impressed with what I've seen. Just, you know, some of the film that I got sent from Murray State. Well, I, I want to send a shout out to Murray State's film department. I appreciate them sending me all that all 22 film and um, also just from what I've seen with my own eyes in training camp and how quickly it seems he's um, latching on to some of the concepts and stuff at the weak side linebacker spot uh, I I really like it and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm all in on that bandwagon and I hope he has a good season alright so we started out with you asking me a question and then taking a fan's question I'm going to tease this next segment by asking you a question, Phil, and giving you a chance to think about it, and then we'll get to more fan questions after the break, however. Let me tease this going out while we take a break. My question to you is, is there any concern with the health and the readiness of the Jaguar offensive line heading into the 2019 season? Don't answer just yet. Think about it. We'll give the answer on the other side of the break of the Locked on Jaguars podcast. So and now, let's talk about six, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about six. All right, guys, she might be thinking that Jaguars football is going through your mind, but I know better. I know what you're really thinking about. You're thinking about sex. Remember the days when you're always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com, that's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You could take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. This isn't just for guys who cannot perform. It's for any guy who wants that little extra to enhance their performance in the bedroom. And Blue Chew is prescribed online, shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the U.S., and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code Locked On. Just pay $5 for shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code locked on to try it free. Blue Chew, the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring our podcast. Okay, welcome back to segment number two. Of the Fan Friday Locked On Jaguars podcast, Philip Pruse, Tony Wiggins. I asked you a question before we went to break. Are you are you concerned with the health of the offensive line for the Jaguars? Are you concerned with the readiness of the offensive line of the Jacksonville Jaguars, Phil? And your answer to that question is... Yeah, I am concerned because I haven't seen Cam Robinson back on the field yet. Uh, which I would have liked to see him at least participating. Apparently, he'll be back for training camp. Um, I think, if I'm remembering correctly, maybe he was the one player that was still up in the air um, when uh, Doug Marone spoke at the very last day of minicamp. But I would like to see him doing some more stuff by now, uh, which tells me that he's definitely a real candidate to start the season on the pup list. Uh, what I like about what they did is they got somebody that has some veteran experience starting in Cedric Obuehi in case you know Cam Robinson isn't there for week one. 
Um, Andrew Norwell's already knocked up a little bit. Nothing too major. He's still, you know, practicing and all that. But, Wig, those are the types of things that tend to linger into the season. You know, the stuff that pop up now, uh, whether little things like an ankle tend to just linger throughout the season. So hopefully it's nothing big, and hopefully it's something that he could shake off by the time they reconvene here in a couple weeks for training camp because that was something that plagued him all last year, and you hate to see it. Uh, Linder hasn't had a full season yet, um, if, if I remember correctly. And, you know, he's going into um, a season that he has to prove it because no dead, mo- no dead money after this upcoming year for Linder. So he's going to have to earn that deal or uh, be a candidate for restructure or straight up cut uh, at that point. AJ Can I have no reservations about because he's been as reliable and consistent as you can ask for as a right guard in terms of availability. And then Juwan Taylor, um, he's a guy that he played through, I think was it, he had a little bit of a meniscus or something like that, he said in his uh, post-draft interviews, and he played through it. So I like to see that already from from uh, a, a young rookie. But again, first year in the NFL, it's different, man. It's a longer season. You, it's, it's, you don't get much of a break going into that rookie year. So that's a question mark as well. Mark biggest question is Norwell and the reason why is because everyone else I I think Cam is a really good athlete I I think the rookie on the right side is a really good athlete I even think Brandon Linder is a good athlete you're right about Cam when you say he's consistent I think he's consistently above average but at least you know what you're getting and he's a hard worker he's the type of guy that if you have guys around him he's not going to stick out like a sore thumb. He's a Gamecock, so you know I'm going to be a can guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and you you need solid guys like that because everybody can't be a star. So you, you have to know what you're going to get. And what you're going to get with him is what you've always gotten. You're not going to be horrible. He's not going to be great. But he is going to be able to be uh, what I consider more than serviceable. Norwell is a problem for me because if he's banged up, he's a mauler. He's not a great athlete. So when you take a, a mauler who's banged up and he can't maul people, and he already has athletic limitations. He's a big dude. And, and the re- that's one of the reasons coming out of Ohio State, you don't see 330-pound guys coming out of Ohio State that don't at least get picked in the draft. That's why he didn't get picked because he's not a great athlete. And uh, he turned himself into a really good football player in a system where uh, they really, really love guys to lean on people, but he also wasn't retained. And normally you don't see teams let go of guys that they develop in their own system that become first-team all-pros, and then they don't retain them when they're 25, 26 years old. I think they knew what it was, and I think the Jaguars overpaid for him. But I'll give him a chance if he's healthy. But, you know, when you're not athletic and you're not healthy, that's a double whammy for me. So let's move on, man. You got some questions from some some of our social media followers, and uh, let's run it down. Yeah, so from we actually have two from our guy Chris Walker at Chris Westside Jacks. Um, first That's one, yeah, uh, we appreciate you sending them in, in. A big fan of the show. So, why did the Jaguars hire Dom Capers? Does it mean anything to Todd Wash's job security? Um, I don't think it means anything to Todd Wash's job security. I think if this team defensively gets off to a slow start, that could mean something to Todd Wash's job security and. It, it's nice to have someone who's already in-house. Uh, I, I don't know if they'd name him the coach. They'd probably go to a position coach. Uh, but, you know, Tom Capers is, is a very accomplished guy that Tom Coughlin has a good relationship with. 
and I don't mind the fresh eyes approach to anything. However, I will tell you this. It always kind of bothered me when I saw Tom Coughlin, and it still does. Uh, I mean, but who am I for it to bother? Tom Coughlin, when you see Dave Caldwell on the practice field, he's walking around, of course, in athletic gear, but has his shades on, has his hand down, has his hat on, he's talking to people, and he's evaluating the team. When you see Tom Coughlin on the field, he has a chart and a hat with his hands on his hips, and he's standing right in the middle of the action. That's the coach in him. Uh, he certainly has the right to do all of that stuff. I'm not, I'm not even saying that that's the problem. You know what? He, he has a good relationship with Doug Marone, and that's fine. But now you got two older guys like that who were head coaches themselves who've been around the block so long in the NFL. I just don't think it's an ideal situation. Just like I talked about before, Todd Wash sitting in on interviews when they're interviewing other defensive coordinators. Uh, I, I think if you have to have too many fresh eyes on the situation, then you probably need to change the situation if you're not comfortable with it. There, there's, there, there's sometimes there's paralysis by analysis. So outside of Todd Wash having to answer questions about a hybrid defense, which is one of the things that I brought up, and outside of Todd Wash uh, having to answer questions about the role of Dom Capers on this team, which I believe he did that, that that's the aggravating part of it. But, no, I, I don't know if Dom Capers has a role that threatens Todd Wash. Yeah, the Dom Capers thing is weird to me because I don't know if he's here. Like, It seems like his role is kind of obscure. Remember when they brought in Monty Kiffin as kind of like yep. an advisor? And he really didn't do anything. You know what I mean? He kind of just reviewed some stuff and didn't really have a very hands-on approach. Uh, when he was here. I don't know if it's more like that. I personally haven't seen him on the field like uh, very much. So I don't know just like exactly what his role is. And Todd Wash was very diplomatic in his answer when, when, you know, asked about Dom Capers. But you would think with a guy that was long rumored and rumored and rumored at the end of the season that he wasn't going to be a part of this season and bringing in somebody with the experience of Dom Capers, um, who was recently a defensive coordinator, you would think that just connecting the dots that would, you know, have his feet a little bit to the coals this season for Todd Wash to make sure that his unit is performing because we just talked about in our last show how important that defense is ranking amongst the AFC South. Um, they need to step up in a big way and not just be average. They need to be stellar. All right, my boy Westside Chris laying it down, and I think you had another question from Chris. Yeah, we do. And uh, it's about the supplemental draft. Can anyone help the Jaguars in the supplemental draft? Um, the, I'll, I'll, I'll take this because there's one guy that I studied a lot because I have the Big 12 for optimum scouting. And this Marcus Sims, who's a wide receiver uh, from West Virginia. Um, he's a speedster. He's fast as heck. I don't think he's very refined as a route runner at this point in time. I don't think he's very polished. And um, some of the stuff he does in that aspect. I also think he suffers from quite a bit of concentration drops. However, he is a very dangerous kick returner. So we just had a conversation last week, right, um, about – actually, it was earlier this week, uh, that recent, about who's going to do the kick return duty. So if they're looking for another receiver to add to the mix, Marcus Sims could potentially do that. I just don't see them spending a pick on that. A player I would see them spending a pick on is Washington State free safety Jalen Thompson. Um, you can never go wrong adding another Jalen to the secondary, in my opinion. No, no. Yeah, no. and uh, what I like about him is he's a free safety, which we know we, we talked about. We could add another body with talent to that position to challenge and uh, compete 
with Jared Wilson, and he also will come down and play nickel cornerback, and he's a very reliable tackler in the open field. So that gives you some flexibility um, when, if and when the team basically parts ways with DJ Hayden just because that contract stops being very viable after 2019. So Jalen Thompson is a guy I would definitely consider, um, and I would absolutely bring him in here. I think it'd be a good fit for the culture, and I think uh, his versatility would go a long way with the secondary. And hey, they have that extra uh, fifth rounder for next season because of the Dante trade. That is fair. Um, okay, I, I don't know much about none of those kids, and normally I'm not into the supplemental draft thing, but uh, it does sound like uh, that would be a way to go. Or they could just kick the tires on Eric Barry and see what that turns. Or Trey Boston, either one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Another Next question. All right, and I think maybe we should probably table this uh, next few questions for the third segment. What do you think? Yeah, let's do it. Let's go to take this other break. Today's show is all shows brought to you by Hotels.com. Hotels.com is a friend of the show, and you need to be a friend of them. Go online, get your vacations planned. Use Hotels.com for all of your vacation needs. All right, more of the fan questions coming up in the third hour of Locked on Jaguars. All right, welcome back to the third segment of the Locked on Jaguars podcast. Fan Friday edition of Philip Proves, Tony Wiggins. There's a few more questions before we head into the weekend. Phil, what you got? All right, I got one more, but it's a big one. I left the big one here. Um, okay. It's from Cass at Cass CD James. If you had a chance to take Jamel Hill to one event slash place in Jacksonville to prove her that she's talking silly about Jackson and the people there, where do you take her to prove her wrong wig as a long, long citizen of Jacksonville? Um, I hope it's a sunny, beautiful day. I'd start at about 3 o'clock, uh, do beach bars, uh, shoot her down to Ponte Vedra to my favorite seafood restaurant, one of my favorite seafood restaurants that I told you about, back to more beach bars, and then maybe the town center, uh, and after the town center to some of my favorite hangout spots. We might just end up at one of my buddies' house, and if it's during football season, you could have a barbecue at one of your friends' house, man, and invite a bunch of real Jacksonville people over and start at noon and go all the way until 11 at night watching college football all day long. But for the tourist part of it, I do the beach. I do the beach. Uh, downtown is improving. I'm a part of downtown. But I would definitely have a nice Saturday afternoon on Jack's Beach. Yeah, you're speaking to my heart. You know I live out here in Ponte Vedra Beach, so mm-hmm. I'm a big beach guy. And look, I haven't I haven't been here as long um, as you. I've been here, what, five weeks now in Jacksonville? Um, but I, I already took offense to what Jamel Hill said, to be frank with you, because even though I haven't been living here long, um, I've lived in, in quite a few places now in New Jersey, uh, where else? Poland, uh, overseas, Honduras, Kyrgyzstan, Texas, South Carolina, and uh, Kansas City. And I'll tell you that this is by far 
my favorite place I've ever lived yep. by, by yep. far. So, and, and, and to those of you that don't know, there's a, 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 a lady on Twitter said that she was trying to choose where to live. She mentioned Jacksonville, Savannah, San Antonio. By the way, San Antonio was one of my places that I would consider living if I wasn't living in Jacksonville. I actually applied for a job in San Antonio. San Antonio is nice. It's nice because it's a retired military town. It's a, they have a lot of lot of military bases, maybe even like seven of them, and a lot of golf courses. It's very similar to Jacksonville. That They have a loop. We have 295. They have a 1604 loop that surrounds the city, and it's a military military town with the air force and the army and the navy of course is is our big military uh connection i always said that they were very very similar they have a river walk we have our river and and um very very similar cities uh, a lot of land mass a lot of it, it's huge it takes forever to get from one side to the other sort of like jacksonville savannah is a nice place to visit i know people i know at least 10 people that live in jacksonville that don't live in savannah anymore the thing that bothered me was the whole South Georgia comment. Yeah, the South was Georgia comment. Well, because people used to say that. They, they call North Florida South Georgia because I, I think it seemed like for a while that every time we had a big sporting event, it was cold. When the rest, Atlanta's like that. Atlanta will have some cold. They, they're, they're snowing during the Super Bowl in Atlanta. And people think Atlanta's just this southern, southern city. Well, we had the Super Bowl. It was cold and rainy. There have been some Florida Georgia games when the ACC championship used to be here. We just had bad luck with weather. People think all of Florida is like South Beach and Palm Beach. That's not the way it is. This is North Florida. So they started this joke that we were South Georgia. And I, you know, that, that's just old and it's lame. And uh, by the way, you live you live in Palm Beach. That's the home of the PGA uh, mm, yep. tour. And uh, I guarantee you, between here, Jupiter, Florida, and probably Scottsdale, Arizona, those are probably the top three destinations for anywhere for golf. The, the North Florida area, Jupiter, and probably Scottsdale. So I, I think if, you, if you're in the golf, if you're in the outdoors, if you're in the beaches and good weather and, and doing things outside, uh, from St. Augustine all the way up to North Florida, man, Jacksonville is where it's at. I, I, I love my city. So, you know, I, I'm a, I like Jamel Hill, but I had to call her the task on that, and, and a lot of people around here jumped on her as well. So I was, I was glad. Yeah, I appreciate it, and it did, because like I said earlier, I mean, I, I absolutely adore living here. I'm already, like, in shambles thinking about, you know, even though it's still over a year away, having to go to our next post, and uh, I, I don't want to come to grips with that. It's just everything that I like is here, and uh, I'm just enjoying it so much, so. Okay, next question. That's it. That's all I got, and I think that's a that's good it. time to end it, too. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, Get to your Fridays, people. Good fan Friday edition. Yeah, man. We need some. We need some more questions. I get a lot of questions. I get people asking me when they see me. I told you, you gotta text me. You either DM me on Twitter, hit me on Instagram, uh, or you can text me if you have my number. I'm not gonna get my number out on this podcast, but if you have my number, if you uh, freak up a barbershop or whatever. I, I get this all the time. I used to get it when I did radio, and now I get it when I do this podcast. Sometimes I play the podcast in the shop because people want to—they want me to do the podcast in the shop. So what I do, I just turn it on, turn Bluetooth on, and I play it on the speaker, and they hear it, and then they want to debate me like it's first take. It's one thing those debate shows have done. These debate shows have done is everybody turns into a—you a, know—everybody wants to do litigation now. I, I don't want to do that. I just want to say what I want to say, and you say what you say, and I say. 
good, fine. That's the way it is. And that's one thing about Locked on Jaguars. Phil and I say what we say, and you just respond to it, and sometimes we hear it, sometimes we don't. But you have to uh, get those questions out there, and we'll answer them as much as we can. Okay, that's the Fan Friday edition of Locked on Jaguars. Phil and I will continue to get ourselves in training camp shape to get out in the hot sun and chase guys down in the locker room and get as many interviews as you can. Folks, it's not that far away. We're in the month that training camp starts. Football will be here before you know it. I don't rush the days, but I am ready for Jacksonville. For Tony Wiggins, we'll see you next.